pitch on the way. Fly ball to right field. Acuna going back. Acuna is there. He's got it! And the Braves have swept the Mets and dealt them a devastating defeat. You've come at the Kings. You better not miss. They came into Atlanta, Georgia, and the Braves took them down three times. And the magic number's down to a one for this ball club that now has 100 wins on the year. Jeff McNeil hit that ball on the button. Acuna caught it on the warning track. McNeil got to first, took his helmet off, and stared out there in disbelief. There's about 27 other guys in that Mets dugout standing there in disbelief, too. They can't believe what just happened to them. 2-2. In the air to right field. Ronald Acuna back. Ronald is under it. The Braves have won it again. For the fifth year in a row, the Braves are champions of the National League East. What a team. And what a summer as they hunted down the Mets, passed them, and the Braves have won 101 games, and the celebration is there. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, hello, everybody. How are you on the sixth day of what month is it? Oh, God, October. The start of the crappiest time of year is in about a month from now. Basically, once Halloween starts, the year's in the toilet. That's just, I mean, I'll take the nice weather right now, but ugh, spare me the end of any year in winter. Blech. This is the Stone on Air podcast. Thanks for finding it. Yes, this is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air Standalone Podcast. Once Upon a Time was a radio show as well. Maybe someday in the future again. It might be. We'll never know. We'll see. Never can be too sure about anything. My name is Brian. Thanks for being here. So last week had a, uh, a bunch of uh, downloads, a bunch of comments, a bunch of listens, and I appreciate it a lot. I anticipated it. It was better than I had uh, hoped for. And so I don't know if that's going to bring in new listeners that want to continue to listen to this 42-year-old alcoholic talking to a microphone every week. I don't, I don't know, um, but maybe. And if it has, thank you so much. And you already basically have an idea of what goes on around here. And today couldn't be any more opposite from last week. I struggled to put together a show today. Uh, nothing locally at all. I was at three, uh, three sisters and talking to a guy and I'll do more of this here in the second segment of the show and was talking about the pod. I don't really like talking about the podcast. I don't know why, but for some reason I don't. And cause I, I guess I feel just, it's silly that people would even want to listen. Like who the hell are you? Why, why, why am I listening to you right now? I mean, like even like standing here in the street, let alone downloading it, going out of my way to listen. But, um, I, I told him, I said, I, I really would love to have, a, uh, a show that was all Chattanooga stories every single week. And and I, I think I said that in response to him saying that really there needs to be more podcasts in town that are done very well and about Chattanooga stories and not just some random fluffy nonsense that is what is basically most all uh, podcasts in general. 
And I said, I, I would love to do that. I'd love to be that source. But there's just not there's not enough going on. This isn't an interesting enough town. Yeah, if I want to read through the headlines and put together segments on things locally, I could absolutely do that. But I think it would bore people. So this week, I don't really have much of anything other than a handful of things. And I'm going to shift it up just a little bit here as far as the format is concerned. Second segment of the show, I'm going to talk about the weekend. It's just going to be a, a, a review, a look back at what was a absolutely fantastic weekend in the city of Chattanooga and for me anecdotally and personally so uh, that will be this middle segment of the show and the final segment of the show I won't be doing any audio here in the open the final segment I said you know what and I've, I've always got a couple or two or three ideas that I just kind of keep in the back of my you know notes to self on my phone and sometimes notes to self on my pad I carry in my backpack that just ideas when there's nothing else to do what about this? What about that? Think about you know these things that just pop into my head. And I've got so much saved audio, primarily from TikTok, that I intend to use for the show every week. If I'm on a social media, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, so anyway, the final segment of the show is just going to be, I have 16 cuts of audio from TikTok. And I'm just going to play them and comment on them and see how long it takes. It might bore you to death. It might be hilarious. It might be... Uh, just tolerable. I, I don't know. We'll all find out together. Hopefully, you'll still be here at that time. So I'm just going to go down my list of things here uh, on the open for the next 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, we'll start off with, let's see. Uh, oh, I saw. So they're both open now. The Barrel House Ballroom. You heard about this? And Whiskey Cowgirl. I have high hopes for one and not so much for the other. And I don't mean bottom line, you know, income of business and cash. I think they'll both do well on the front end. But uh, the Barrel House Ballroom is a 500 to 600 seat uh, small music venue in the old Market South building where the old grocery bar is at the corner of, or was anyway, at the corner of Main and Market. It is a fantastic building. It has a parking lot, which is something you almost can't find anywhere in downtown. And um, it's not a very big parking lot. I'm sure it won't be free, but still at least I have one. And at the Monins, uh, if you don't, if you know, familiar with them, the restaurateurs uh, around here are the ones behind it. And I, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, great, more restaurant people thinking they can do a music venue. I hate when a restaurant person thinks that they can put music in their restaurant and just book a band and it'll work. They're two completely different businesses, absolutely different businesses. When you've got a full kitchen staff, you know, wait service tables, and then you try to incorporate music like part-time or even more than part-time. I mean, the only ones that have done it close to successful, and that's because the expectations aren't very high, is Clyde's, and that's a moaning property as well. Clyde's has worked out pretty good, but the expe expectations aren't anywhere high because it's a college kid bar for the most part. It's a very young person bar, and they're uh, they're very easy to uh, satisfy. Just booze them up. And throw some music on, you know, somewhere in the corner, and they're going to be fine. But the Honest Pint's been trying to do this for years, and to, from my vantage point, failing miserably. And many others, none pop, pop into my head immediately, but have tried and failed. But this is a music concept that has been handed over to people who are working this industry. Um, Barry Corder had a piece on it in the Times Free Press. Of course, I couldn't read it because I'm, 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 I'm uh, paywalled here at the house. And I forgot to read it at work. I'll also get to that in a minute. Uh, but I look forward to this 500, 600 seat. It's kind of taking the place what used to be once upon a time rhythm and bruise, even though that wasn't quite 500, I wouldn't think. Maybe it was. 
And then Songbirds, which is one of my favorite rooms in this town in the last 15 years, or Revelry Room before that, just meaning literally the room itself. It worked really nice, and it was a it was a cool place. But I haven't been in there yet. It is a nice space from the times I have been in there when it was in uh, other concepts. I hope it works. Whiskey Cowgirl, I think, is going to be a complete S-show. This thing's got a pool. It's got pool tables. It's huge. It's really nice. I've looked at it from the outside and before they were open, and it looked like, you know, I get what they're doing. Also, another very young crowd. I have a feeling you're going to get a little bit of uh, where Southside Social ended up going. I think a lot of that clientele will start to pollute a lot of the, this Whiskey Cowgirl joint, which is just right across the alleyway, really. It's basically right behind it over on uh, Broad Street. So, good luck to both of them. I have Weston Womp's staff salaries that popped up in my, uh, you know, somewhere on my uh, mentions on social media. And, damn it, man, does it, does it pay to work underneath the Hamilton County Mayor? Chief of Staff, 130K. Uh, Deputy Mayor... Economic and Community Development, 120. Uh, deputy Mayor, Education and Workforce Development. So there's two deputy mayors, 120,000. Davis Lundy, 80,000. He's a policy advisor. What the hell is a policy advisor? He used to be my next door neighbor. I should have asked my dad before this. Uh, I did the show to remember who the hell Davis Lundy is. All I know is my dad hated his guts <laughs> and like... Uh, 1996, 93, 94, 95, 96, somewhere in there when we lived in Collegedale, Davis Lundy was the one who lived at the top of the cul-de-sac. And I've always known his name because of the, the association. And my dad thought he was a badass back in those days, and maybe he was. And, you know, he would have been, I guess, about my age at that time, and so would have Davis Lundy. So I guess he's probably in his mid-60s at this point. So his, I'm sure he was, you know, worked with um, Zach Womp because that would explain why my dad hated him. And uh, there you go. That's the big wigs at the top of that. Um, sometimes I wonder, how am I so dumb? You ever do that? Where you realize there's something so simple that you never understood your whole life? And I was looking at a couple of headlines the other day. And it said, this is from the Times Free Press. Volcano Korean barbecue among four local restaurants, Chinese immigrants have opened in shuttered Chattanooga eateries. Immigrants spelled E-M-I-G-R-A-N-T-S. I've seen that spelling before. Didn't think anything of it. Then I see another one that says immigrant junk dealer whose family used their fortune for good causes settled on Cameron Hill. Neither of these stories interest me whatsoever, except for this immigrant is spelled I-M-M-I-G-R-A-N-T. I've just assumed, I don't know what I thought. I never knew there was two different words or never thought about it before. So, of course, Google will fix that for you. And I still don't completely understand it. The word immigrant with I-M-M to start is used when talking about the country moved to. Immigrant with the E, immigrant, is used when talking about the country moved from. Someone is an immigrant when they leave their country of origin and an immigrant when they arrive in their new country. I was today years old when I knew that there were two different words. Uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, Times Free Press. For some reason, my computer at my day job at work allows me to look at articles 
from the Times Free Press, it seems like uh, an, an unlimited amount. I haven't tested it and done it a bunch, but I mean, when I click on articles, I get them. When I'm on any other computer in the world, but mainly the one I use here at home, I can't pull them up. I don't understand it. I'm not logged in. I used to use the little F12. Uh, I've told it on here before. I can't remember exactly what it is. The little trick that got you around it where you disable JavaScript, but that doesn't work anymore. They figured that one out and that doesn't work. But for some reason, my computer at work allows me to look at these articles. So if I forget to print them off when I'm at work, then I can't read them when I get to the house. And I love, 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 love the Times Free Press. I think it's a great newspaper. I just can't, I can't pay, I literally can't afford it. I can't pay whatever it is, some uh, neighborhood of 30 some dollars, uh, and then also have the other things that I want to have in my life that are on monthly subscriptions that I have to regularly, I mean, I won't even have Netflix right now, because I, I just don't want that charge in my life. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to watch on there, but I mean, sometimes you just have to say, there are no more dollars. Like, hey, it's only another dollar. I don't have any more dollars. Uh, let's see. What else? Did I, oh, I saw Baylor is going to play high school football in Ireland next year. Oh, how exciting. A bunch of spoiled, uh, privileged, snotty white kids get to go experience a trip of a lifetime before they're even out of high school. But I mean, you know, good for them, I guess. And let's see. Sorry, I'm just got so many things just kind of note to myself here. Oh, I won't say her name just in case I'm forgetting who she is and maybe she's a listener. I don't want to uh, I don't want to make her uh, embarrassed or mad or anything, but I, I doubt she's a listener. But this uh, this person on Facebook, this is what they used to call vague booking is a local Chattanooga person. Lots of of mutual friends, a real person, probably a quality person, put a bunch of pictures of babies and humans holding babies, different people in the pictures, about eight total pictures. And then the message says, or the post says, there are no words that can ever be spoken to make it hurt any less or any more. I am numb. Please respect the fact that we have not talked to her brother and sister yet. And would like to be the ones to have this horrible conversation. Thank you for all the prayers. Please continue to pray for us. This was not supposed to happen. Of course, not saying at all what's going on. But regardless of who it is, please respect the fact that we have not talked to her brother and sister yet. But I'll tell my 4,726 quote-unquote Facebook friends. Go away. This is you're not doing social media or probably anything in life right. There's either an adult dead or there's a baby dead or there's both of them dead or they're diagnosed with cancer or something awful has happened that she's told 4,700 people before they even contacted her brother or yeah, her brother or sister. This is not how you do things in life. Please, and thank you, don't do that anymore, please, other people. But it'll happen again before you know it. Speaking of stupid social media, Instagram is complete dreck. It sucks. I once upon a time thought Instagram was fantastic. It was put together so well. The stories are so cool. The uh, just sharing of photos, which, which in my feed are primarily just my friends. Like, it's a thing that I use to 
to communicate with only my friends. Facebook is wide open. Twitter is a you know, wild west wide open. TikTok, I don't know what the hell's going on there. None of that's for personal interaction. Instagram was, and they've gone and stolen everybody else's idea or copied everybody's idea, and now they have made Instagram stories up to 60 seconds long. Thanks, Instagram, for ensuring that no one will be looking at stories anymore because it's impossible for even a grown-ass adult with a little bit more of an attention span than a young person to even make it through 60 seconds. More does not always mean better. As a matter of fact, I would say many times more does not mean better. And I, I get so sick of everything in America being go, 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 bigger, 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 more, 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 make more of these. Sometimes less is a hell of a lot more, and that's what made those stories fun, quick, to the point. Here's what's going on. You don't have to take a deep dive with me here. This is just a flash, just a flash bulb, a flash shot. And now, no, we're up to 60 seconds. Forget that stupid uh, feature and forget that stupid Instagram. And TikTok, not long ago, they, they are the 60-second video uh, kind of medium that, that people have been pretty happy with. And they, not long ago, switched to upwards of three minutes once you were a certain kind of influencer, once you got up to a certain amount of followers. And it's killed off people's viewership and interactions and following and followers and all of that. Don't always have to get bigger. bigger. You don't always have to get better. Well, you want to get better, but you don't have to get bigger to get better. Thanks a lot, Instagram. Thanks for absolutely nothing. And as I wrap up the segment here, Oktoberfest coming up at the Chattanooga Market this weekend. One of the best weekends of the year. I, I will say I, I just cussed uh, October because I really do hate it starting on uh, Halloween. But the weather is fantastic. You get spring weather without all the pollen. It is so nice. I've had the air and heat off for about two weeks now. It looks like I'll be able to keep it off for upwards of at least one more week. And yeah, it gets a little chilly at night, but that's good. That helps me sleep. But uh, Chattanooga Market, Oktoberfest, it is a great thing that they do, and I love Chris Thomas, and I love everything they do down there, and I'm one of the biggest fans, but it does seem like this town, especially with having Volkswagen here, is such a, a huge force that we would have a, a bigger, better, more authentic um, Oktoberfest. I don't even know what that means exactly, because I've never really been to an authentic Oktoberfest. Uh, the market's great. It's f fantastic, but it's just a bunch of stupid dress, people dressed up kind of stupid, and Drinking Oktoberfest beer and, you know, eating the same old corn dogs and kettle corn and Loopy's pizza or whatever. So, I, you know, it's great, but it doesn't really feel like some kind of actual uh, heritage kind of thing. But, hey, what do I know? Maybe, maybe it's closer than I even realize. And I got to just about most of everything I was trying to get to here in the open, and I'll jump out right there so coming up this next segment i'll discuss the past weekend sports teams winning weather um festivals and just my overall view on that and it's going to be yes uh you've been warned going to be some braves baseball talking here just won the division yesterday and it almost derailed this entire podcast and i'll for this week and i'll explain how that almost happened and thankfully that it didn't and then a bunch of TikTok video or, or audio clips that I'll wrap up the end of the show. So pretty light and fluffy and silly today. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with it this long or any amount of time that you ever give the show. I'll get to all that coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. 
They were ten and a half games out of first place. Then they went on this unbelievably relentless finish, going 78 and 33, winning the division in the next to last game of the season. A most rewarding 2-1 win in Miami for the fifth consecutive division title for Brian Snitker, his staff, and the Atlanta Braves organization. The Braves are headed to the National League Division Series. They will open play at Truist Park on Tuesday against either the Philadelphia Phillies or the St. Louis Cardinals as the celebration continues here at Lone Depot Park in Miami. Perhaps the most satisfying division championship in recent memory for the Atlanta Braves, who somehow, some way, came all the way back to stun the New York Mets on the next to last day of the championship season. Come on, oh, it's so wonderful. Come on, children. You're acting like children. That's what it looks like with a bunch of grown-ass men running around dumping champagne on each other and wearing beer boxes on their heads and just acting like silly, silly fools over a stupid, silly baseball game. But to most of us, it's not stupid and it's not silly, even though I will admit it sometimes feels like it is. But it's not. If you're asking me. I'll get to more of that here in just a minute. A couple of things I didn't get to. This is Wilco, by the way. Uh, for no particular reason. I don't care anymore. Um, October 11th is registration deadline to vote in the general election. So that is, if you're listening in real time on the 6th, that is five days away. So that would be, let me pull it up here real quick. That would be next Tuesday. So if you're not registered to vote by now, you're probably not going to vote. So, But anyway, just in case somebody were to ask, I wonder when the deadline is. Deadline is. It's October 11th. Um, I might spend a whole segment on this. This is one thing I did pull off here that the, the complete uh, fraudulent Supreme Court, the extreme court is going to be back to work and that their antics here soon. Not much more worthless right now than the stupid-ass Supreme Court, but... They're going to be looking at the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, with broadly protect, which broadly protects websites from liability for posts made by third parties. The case uh, the Supreme Court will take up, which was lodged against Google over YouTube recommending videos made by ISIS, is about what responsibility websites might have for hosting terrorist propaganda. And, and then they got one for Twitter's got its own separate case that will also be looked at by the court who loves section 230 big tech and anyone else whose business depends on the internet and who hates it politicians on both sides but for completely different reasons trump and biden have both called for the repeal of section 230 republicans tend to ding the law for giving tech companies too much say over what speech people see online and democrats complain it gives tech companies a pass for allowing hate speech and disinformation so while they don't agree on why all the politicians want Section 230 gone, which makes me tend to believe that it should not be gone then. If that's the biggest per people who are against it, then I don't want them to have whatever it is that they are supposedly against. And for whatever reason, doesn't matter. And then I had some budget numbers here. No increase in the city of Chattanooga's budget, which was passed this week, remains at $350 million. Uh, it was pretty boring stuff. As I t said earlier, I was just really 
<laughs> fighting and clawing to come up with anything uh, today. The police department gets an increase of $924,000. Almost a million dollars goes to the police. So the, anybody who wants to use the buzzwords of defunding police or tries to paint Tim Kelly, Mayor Kelly, into the corner of being some kind of uh, kooky liberal, shut up. All right. So let's, uh, let's look at uh, or take a look back at the weekend. Um, it started off with fantastic weather. I mean, it's been like Southern California here for two weeks. This is fantastic. It has been so, so nice. It won't last long, but it is, uh, it's great. So enjoy it while you, while you got it. And um, the Three Sisters Music Festival is just, it is a gem. I mean, it is a great, great event. It is usually the first two days, you know, first weekend anyway, of much cooler temperatures. Sometimes it can be damn cold, very cold. Many years it has been. Um, I guess they're not doing wine over water. It used to fall on that same weekend, that same weekend, I thought. Anyway, uh, it's just a fantastic event. I mean, it, it, if you do, if you have social anxiety, don't go there. Because if you're anybody who knows anything about anybody in this city, you're going to run into just about everybody you've ever known. <laughs> And that's great in some instances and annoying in others. But generally speaking, I, I, I really, really enjoy it because it is kind of the, the good people event. Like it's where it's where all the good people go there, go there. That's where they go. That's why I like going to the market so much. You know why? Because where all the good people go. The bad people might pop in for a minute, but they're not going to be there long. And this is a perfect event for that. Having said all that, bluegrass is so boring. I don't know how anybody gets into this stuff. Uh, mostly it's a it's a social event for sure. But, uh, man, I mean, I understand the significant, the historical significance to bluegrass music and to the you know traditions of of the evolution of music styles. I, I completely understand that and appreciate that. But just sitting around and listening to bluegrass music, every single song, Sounds exactly like the start of Rocky Top. I mean, you might as well just start Rocky Top every time a song starts. Because that... And then it just changes gears. And it's just different bumpkin words. Um, I'm not trying to hate on anything, but I, I, I made jokes. that I think Bella Fleck just started on Friday and just never stopped. Just played all the way through Saturday. Non-stop, 48-hour Bella Fleck in the not Fleck tones, but whatever his band was called. No different than anything else for the whole weekend. The big exception in past years has been Keller Williams. I do love Keller and the Keels because they cover such awesome esoteric stuff. They almost only play uh, cover songs oftentimes, and their originals are great. And he also does a whole grass version of, of dead stuff. Like, it's, it is fabulous. Uh, nothing really stuck out that much to me over the weekend as far as the music was concerned, but it's a great event. It's a true 100% free thing. No barriers, no gates, no trouble. Uh, if you want to bring, you know, as long as you're, you know, kind of, you don't even have to be secretive at all, but I try to be. You want to bring a drink or two in with you, you don't have to spend the high dollars on the on the, the concessions there. You can, and nobody nobody's concerned about it. And they sold... A lot of beer this weekend. I actually grabbed the invoice. Usually when we send a lot of beer to these festivals, they send half of it back. And they sold out of Miller Lite 16-ounce cans that became within one case of selling out Coors Light. They sold out all the uh, Modelo cans. 
almost all the truly, almost all the terrapin. They didn't do as well with draft. They uh, sold about five kegs total. I didn't even see where there was draft. So I, I don't think that was a big point of sell. The uh, the canned beer certainly was. And they had all brands out there. So this is just a small portion. And But I will tell you this. They didn't sell one single Heineken. Not one Heineken. I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm just saying of all the things we sent them, they sold out of almost all of it or completely all of it, except they didn't sell a single Heineken the entire weekend. What does that mean? I don't know. I just thought it was worth bringing up. So on Friday, the Braves had to sweep to have any chance to win the division. They were playing the Mets. And I'm not going to give you a whole lot of backstory. You either know and you don't care or you know and you do care. And so there's no reason to go into too much of it. But I just wasn't feeling it on that Friday. And normally I'm a go home on Friday kind of guy. Um, go out on Saturday kind of kind of situation. But I just didn't want to go home and watch the game. I thought we were going to lose. And that was going to be pretty much the end of the season. Not totally, but damn close. And I just couldn't do it. So I went and hung out with several people that I enjoyed their company a lot, and I kept a little, just a small eye on the game on my phone. I stayed till the game was over, and we won. And I was like, wow, what a great night. We won. Roll over into Saturday. Um, I've talked about it a lot. I watch, I watch a lot of college football, even though I don't like it. I am a closeted Georgia Tech fan. Um, I, mainly because I'm a big, I've, especially when I was young, I loved Atlanta and they're the Atlanta, you know, school proper for the most part. And I've always just liked the dogs and they're, you know, were once competitive rivalries. And so I've always kind of liked Georgia tech athletics and they've been awful for a long time. And late on Saturday, they won a game. They were not supposed to right after they fired their coach and promoted a longtime uh, alum to be the interim coach, who is a Georgia Tech through-and-through kind of guy. Never heard of him before Saturday. And I watched the game, and they won. And at the end, he's crying. Like, it is so emotional. They beat, they beat Pitt, number 24 Pitt. They're three touchdown underdogs. No one thought they would even come close to even covering that, let alone winning. And it just it made me smile as big as I could possibly smile, and I don't do that a whole lot. I thought that was awesome. And so that would made the day good. And the mocks won over ETSU, which is a big deal to a lot of people. So that was really, uh, that was really fun. Um, and then that Saturday, Braves, once again, are not supposed to win. They're not supposed to, but they do. And so now it's like, oh, wow. You know, so I go to the three sisters during the day on Saturday, hang with great people once again. Take a couple of high noons with me, nothing crazy, and then head back to the house, cook dinner, watch the game. So I wake up on Sunday like, this is not happening. How is this happening? If the Braves win on Sunday, it is, it's almost, it's, 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 it's very, 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 very likely that they're going to win the division. And I'll get more to that in a second. So, um, Wake up Sunday, beautiful day, stay in, make breakfast, get ready for the Titans game. They barely hold on, but they win. So, all right, cool. Well, what's the most important thing? The Braves at 7 o'clock tonight. Get a bunch of errands done. Work around the house. Place smells good. It's clean. Grass is cut. You know, crisp, cool, fresh air. And I'll be damned if the Braves didn't win again on Sunday night. 
And so now one went away over crummy teams in the next couple of days, and we're going to win the NL East for the fifth year in a row. And it's hard to explain why this is important to me. But this mattered to me more than any game this team will play for the rest of the year. The playoffs start next week. And I won't bore you with all the semantics of it. But the way this season went, this championship, this regular season championship was going to be the most rewarding and most incredible regular season of Braves baseball in the 21st century. And definitely in my adult life and probably since 1993, where most people would kind of line this up with the kind of pennant race that it was. Because the Braves either win easily, no real sweating it out, or they don't win at all. There's never been, in the 21st century in my adult life, a pennant race down to the last day or last couple of days. And so I'm sweating this out on, they they lose on Monday, and they have to win one of the next two. And on Tuesday night, they're barely hanging on to a lead over the scummy, trashy Marlins. Two to one. And I, on Tuesday nights is when I do my prep night for audio for the show, for the podcast. And then Wednesday nights I record. So it's kind of a Monday through Wednesday gradual prep up until record time like it is right now on Wednesday night. And the game went, well, not real late, but late as they normally do. You know, 9, 30, 10, 10, 15 Something like that. And I'm like, I can't do prep work. I can't. The show's not going to be the same if they don't win this game. Because then I would be sweating it out all day long today. And then I wouldn't have done a show at all. Because I wouldn't have been I, I wouldn't have been emotionally <laughs> been able to do it. Literally. It would not have been. It would have been too much energy that I wouldn't have had. And so once they finally won on Tuesday, two to one, gut-wrenching game. And they won the they won it. Then I watched post-game radio and TV for the next three and a half, four hours. And so now it's like midnight. I haven't even started on prep, but I'm in a good mood. So um, that's why when I want to mention earlier, and I'd get back to it, that I almost scratched the podcast completely because this was if there was going to be a week to do it, it, this was the week to do it. Clearly, I don't have anything worth a damn hardly for you here. Um, but it just was, oh, it was just such an exhale. Like, oh, my God. So satisfying. Um, it is, it is weird. I guess I can understand why people think that, that this is silly, but I really do think that sports matters in life. I think it's very important. I think it's especially for young people and especially the youth. I I really feel bad for the people who think it's, it's silly and dumb. And there's a lot of people I know that do, and I'm, I'm talking all sports, all competitive sports. It is, um, I think it's very important, and uh, there was a thing on online, uh, on Twitter, they were showing the Cardinals, they have three players, Pujols, Wainwright, and um, uh, uh, Yadier and Molina, that have been on the same team for like 15 years, or at least a long time together, and very off and on, and they're all retiring, and they took them out at the same time in the last, and it was, it was really powerful, I hate the Cardinals, don't like anything about these guys, I don't care about these players, but it was a really powerful moment in St. Louis, and it was just like, man. How cool is that? I feel so, so bad for people who can't look at that and realize how emotionally um, jerking that is, right? Like not tear jerking as for some people it would be. I just think it's a, I think it's a great thing in life. And I think we're, our lives are enriched because of these things, but it's also to me very silly that something like a baseball game. And that's my favorite football doesn't do this to me. The level baseball does. That I, I can be literally ill, like sick, 
ill to my stomach and chest and like blood pressure up and and having not trouble hard trouble trouble breathing but almost a hyperventilating kind of feel over a baseball game that might be a little much that's probably a little too much over the top but i i can't help it you know that's what makes emotion so interesting and fascinating you can't control it you can't you can't say all right don't be sad about this or don't be happy about this or don't be in love with this anymore and don't hate this anymore because you have no control over it or at least you have you don't have very close immediate control you we all can do a little bit better of you know keeping ourselves in check but it was just a fabulous weekend i mean i, I woke up you know yesterday or or no today really because it kind of the end of the extended weekend and thought holy well from the festival, oh, and then, I, my God, I can't believe I forgot to even mention this, the Pride event. That was the whole reason for even, it was, I, I totally, discard, I don't have any notes here, sorry. The Pride Festival on Sunday looked amazing. If I didn't have the Titans and the and the major Braves game stacked on top of each other for an all-day stay inside and, and just have my own fun, I, the weather, again, perfect, and I looked at all these people that were, it just looked so joyous. It just looked unfreaking believable and I forgot that the Fletcher Bright three sisters kind of comboed with the Pride event, and all they do is just change out the signage on um, on Sunday. What a what a great partnership that is! What a great service that the three sisters Bluegrass Festival does that goes beyond just us random people that want to go have fun for a very low to almost no price, and um, at, and then also that extends to the LBGT, LGBTQ. Um, Sorry if I'm stumbling all over that. To that community, and it was so, so great. And after all that mess from the week before, there was concern that there was going to be something, you know, something might go down. What that would be, I don't know. But there was, you know, if you weren't paying attention, if you weren't concerned a little about something, and it appears that something didn't happen. And so, what a wonderful weekend. And thank you, uh, Fletcher Bright, and everybody for putting on that wonderful festival, because it really is a lot of fun. All right, there. If you've made it through now the first two uh, borderline meaningless segments, why don't you stick around with me for another borderline meaningless segment? I pay attention and obsess over TikTok so you don't have to, and I'll prove it to you next. I have had the most amazing night on TikTok again. I put up a post a couple hours ago just telling everyone how much I loved everyone, because I do. And in my my description, I put lightning bolts to to, to note that things happened really fast. And then I was about to go to bed and I was like, oh, people are starting to tell me I'm a Nazi. And I uh, I deleted that post because I just couldn't go to bed and wake up to another 800,000 comments of being misunderstood. I just couldn't handle it. I'm going to just say what I said. I love you. I love you so much. All of you. All of this. The whole internet. All of TikTok. 
all the conversations, all the love, all the hate, all the rage. I just fucking love you so much. I don't know who that was, but she loves you. Yeah, TikTok, I know you're probably getting tired of hearing me talk about it. Still just as much fun as it ever was. It's just like anything else. It gets ruined the more, you know, the, the more the merrier thing. No, more is not always merrier. More money, yeah, that's always great. More sun isn't necessarily great. More water isn't necessarily great. More social media with longer, stretched out, boring interactions doesn't make it better. But anyway, I still I still really enjoy it. And have what you could consider close to a um, kind of a problem with it because it is you know the the the, the endless scrolling thing could be Reddit probably was the first big uh, uh, culprit of that because it's just kind of a nonstop, never ending f- uh, feed of information. I I Reddit has never resonated with me. I understand why people like it. I understand why it's useful, and I am signed up and user of it with a very little frequency. I mean, just here and there. I know some people that live and die by it and are on it constantly. I don't get it, but I, well, I do get it. I just don't care. But, you know, in social media, I, I, I love social media. I still do. As much as I want to hate it because of how awful it has gotten, it's always just been part of my life, my entire adult life, since Friendster before MySpace. I mean, I've been doing this for over 20 years. If there's a new one out, I'm going to give it a look. And if I like it, I'm going to play with it. And TikTok grabbed me in the COVID year, and everybody thought, what you, what's the matter with you? Like, looking at me almost kind of weird. What, you mean that app for children? What do you, like, you don't know what it is. <laughs> don't, don't knock something before you know what it is. Um, and it is anything but an app for children at this point. I'm sure some developers made an app that kids are on to more now, now that adults have taken over TikTok. So anyway, if you're here regularly, you already know all my thoughts on that. So these have no rhyme or reason. I just basically, when I when I like things on social media, primarily Twitter and uh, TikTok, if I like it, like, you know, like hit the button, like the heart thing that means i'm just saving it so i can come back to it doesn't mean i like it at all if i like your thing on facebook it means i legitimately like it if i like your thing on instagram it means like because i you're my friend and i want to give you some love and an extra like but twitter and, and and tiktok are only to save these to come back to so it might be like you know a hitler video and i'm gonna like it i don't like that i just want to have it for future use so basically all i did was just go through my likes on tiktok that i just haven't gotten to yet and just started rattling them off. And so they don't have any kind of order. It's not best to worst or anything like that. So we'll get things started with. This is a guy out of New York City at WFAN who started this kind of back and forth with Atlanta radio media, Braves uh, flagship. And this was on May 31st. So the baseball season is two months in. And this was Sal Licata, uh on June 1st. 
Well, Memorial Day has come and gone. Tomorrow, matter of fact, is June 1st. We just showed you the NL East standings. You don't need me to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The NL East is over. That's right. It's a wrap. No one is touching the Mets. Tweet me the hate all you want about the jinx. Nonsense. The Mets will be National League Eastern Division champs, and I don't even think the Braves are going to challenge them. The Phils, please, you've seen them. I won't even mention the other two teams. No one else is 500. What are you worried about, Mets fans? The West Coast trip? Yeah, okay. The Mets are only going to get better, and even if the Braves do turn around, it will be too late. The NL East is over. Well, Memorial Day has... Uh, sorry, bad edit. Um, okay, so that was June 1st, and they are way ahead and all that. Well, let's jump ahead to about two weeks ago. This is from Sal Licata's, uh Instagram, or whichever, I get TikTok account. What's the music opinion that'll have everybody... Uh, my bad. Here it is. It's watching the Yanks. Looking to see a little history tonight. Rooting for my guy, Judge. But I can't help but notice the Brave score. You guys see that? You know what time it is. The NL East is over. 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 The NL East is over. Good night, Braves fans. How did that work out for you, Sal? That was just two weeks ago and uh, well we all know how that went uh let's see uh some of these i just made jots out to put music opinion oh i remember why i did this and i will tell you why next what's the music opinion that'll have everybody looking at you crazy yeah i have a lot of these number one greta van fleet sucks Number two, I think the Rolling Stones are highly overrated. I know people will say that the Beatles are overrated as well, to each of their own. Number three, music today, for the most part, sucks. You have to really, really, really dig for the good shit. Like, really dig. Number four, this is basically just fact. Uh, music will never, ever, ever be the same like it was in the 60s and 70s. It just won't. And number five, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate on this one and be called a gatekeeper, but here it goes. Do not wear a band shirt if you don't listen to that band. I'm not going to come up to you and be like, name three songs, but somebody else probably will, and you're going to look like a dumbass, and I'm just trying to help you. I know I'm the worst, but it is what it is. I have more, but that's all I have time for. Okay, so the reason I played that, I remember now, was that I wanted to bring this up before. At Blue, uh, Three Sisters Bluegrass, a friend of mine said, looked over, and there was just like this emo kid. I honestly don't know if it was a, a boy or a girl. Probably... 15 to 17 could be 18 years old had a uh, the classic uh smiley face nirvana the yellow on black shirt and he said and i if you've been here i've told the story about me wearing a grateful dead shirt and then getting the name three songs and i couldn't do it and i was humiliated it's been a scar on, on me since i was in my youth and i'm a big grateful dead fan now but i wasn't then he was like go up and ask him if to name three songs and i was like <laughs> i can't do it I can't do it. It would be so funny, though. And I, would, I wouldn't want to make the person feel like I was uh, bullying them, but I would love the answer. Like, I, I'd get a story out of it either way. If you name three songs, there's a story. If you can't na name three songs, there's at least an addition to a story that's already been told. I wanted to do it so bad, almost as like a, 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 a human uh, experiment, but I just didn't have the, uh, I didn't have the, the, the heart to do it. Uh, let's see. This is what would it sound like if Audio Slave sang Everybody Dance Now. That everybody dance. That one. 
What if Audio Slave wrote Everybody Dance Now? Let's find out. That's really good. That's really good. That sounds like Audio Slave, and Audio Slave is one hell of a damn band. And uh, that, that was good stuff. All right, this is Marsha Clark. Sometime this century, he's probably in the last five years since the uh, the shows that have come out, the People versus OJ, and all that stuff. Uh, this is uh, Marsha Clark talking about the case. There was so much evidence. There was a blood trail, before he even came back from Chicago, there was a blood trail leading from Bundy into his bedroom at Rockingham. There was the glove that matched the Bundy glove at Rockingham. With blood on it, right? With blood on it, yes. Uh, There were bloody shoe prints in the Bronco, blood on on the door handle of the Bronco. Shoe, shoe prints about a size, his size. And then he shows up with a cut on his left hand. I mean, good, good God. But within five days of, of getting the case, um, a friend of mine who was working in Compton, which is a very um, African-American uh, heavy community, uh, came to me and said, this is a loser. You're going to lose this case. They don't like this case. No one wants to believe it. I'm telling you, you're toast. O.J. Simpson brutally murdered two people and absolutely got away with it. It's still difficult for me to even understand, what, 25, 27, whatever it is, years later. The guy's a savage. All right, this is uh, Jack Black ridiculously singing the Nirvana song, Polly. Polly says her back hurts. She could flow. She just as bored as me. She could flow. She caught me on my guard. She could flow. Mazes me the wheel of insane. Hit me like an avocado. Let me clear my canary ring. Let me take a ride. Get your sail. Once a man, I can clean my sail. I don't know where that's from or why. It looks like he's like sitting in his car. It's not from his official account. It was from something else from the For You page, which is uh, lingo and slang in the TikTok world. Um, I don't love Joe Rogan. I don't really like Joe Rogan, but uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes he stumbles on some pretty good conversations as because of the power of his guests that sometimes I, I will take a listen like to a YouTube uh, clip or something, but I'm never going to sit around and listen to three hours of anything. And uh, this was just one that popped up I thought was worth playing in this segment. Well, it's kind of fascinating we think that this is the only country that has been really established as like a colony that went on to take over the world. And it did it inside of 300 years, which is pretty fucking wild. Yeah, that's the most wild part is the time the time span. It's pretty crazy. Because going from being a republic to an empire has happened before, but we're the most powerful empire in world history, at, at least in terms of like raw power, right? like the technology, the level of wealth, all that shit. And we, we did it in a very short time. And some of the most unexceptional people are the ones who want to run it. 
which is so weird. When you see like the squad, did you see that that debate that she was having with those bankers where they were talking about eliminating fossil fuels? She uh, made me root for the bankers, Joe. I was rooting for the bankers. It is quite a feat and to also, get me to say, you know, I think that smooth transition. Well, it's kind of I didn't see uh that uh whatever that interaction was between the squad, which is led by AOC and the bankers, but I have a feeling I would have sided with the bankers as well, which is ridiculous to even think could possibly be true. This is uh, Taylor Lyons, I believe is her name. I've met her before. I don't know her well, but she's a local uh, activist, and she put this on TikTok in the last since uh, within the last week since the events of um, that I've been talking about so much here involving Pride. Hey y'all, I have a napping baby in the back seat and I'm still frustrated, so I'm back. Let's talk about these folks who want to protect kids from the scary drag queens, but they don't want to talk about the issues that are actually facing the kids who live in this state. Like the fact that one in five kids lives in poverty. Like the fact that we are 31 in the nation for overall childhood well-being. We have thousands and thousands of kids who are food insecure. Our foster system is on the brink of collapse and we have a dismal infant mortality rate. You see, those are the issues that are actually facing Facing the children who live here and that that takes real advocacy work that takes time that takes effort y'all are way too interested in becoming famous in far-right conspiracy land where the world is flat and birds aren't real to do real work we see through it and it's gross perfect perfect couldn't say it any better this is a, a national comedian she's gotten popular through uh, TikTok. really that's her main platform and her name is nicole dubose i think is how you say it this is when your social anxiety kicks in. Hey, are you having a good day? Remember that time eight years ago where you heard somebody say disposable income and then you tried to use disposable income in conversation with your parents' friends and then it got really quiet and then your mom goes, I don't, I don't think she knows what that means. You're stupid and you're embarrassing and everyone hates you. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, this is Ricky Gervais. I will keep my commentary limited just to keep it light and fun. If you're born in India, you're probably a Hindu. If you're born in America, you're probably a Christian. If you're born in Pakistan, you're probably a Muslim. That's a coincidence, isn't it? That you're always born into the right God. Always. Isn't that lucky? I was born into the right God. All those others are going to hell. But I was born into the right religion. I'm going to heaven. It's strange that we, we hold on to these sort of medieval beliefs. You know, where did the universe come from? God made it. Which doesn't solve the problem for me. Because we straight away say, well, who made God? And if they say, well, he's always been around. Well, let's just say the universe has then. Let's just cut out the middleman. No further commentary at this time. This is, um, I've had this kind of discussion on this show before, or at least monologue, a commentary on it, and I won't do much today, but maybe another time. This is lyrics from two different bands. Which ones are the geniuses? Hang on, let me find it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. This is how you remind me of what I really am. This is how you remind me of what I really am. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no, I can't get no, I can't get no. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, 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 that's what I say. 
maybe it's time to rethink who the greatest band of all time is. Just something to think about just for a few minutes. I don't need to give you one probably, but I like to when I know it's coming up. This is a language warning. Guy's called King Lazy Eye. I just think he's funny. He's from Tennessee, uh, but not local. And this is a stitch he did on TikTok. Name an annoying thing that people base their entire personality about. Politics. Look, I don't give a fuck about your fucking politics, dude. I'm a felon. I can't even fucking vote. I don't give a fuck what old white man you elect to be fucking cheer captain of this bureaucratic plutocracy that's barely fucking afloat, okay? We've been out of war for 17 non-consecutive years since 1776. That's pretty fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, we're not a real country. We're a war machine. And, and, and like, something like close to one in 100 American adults is currently incarcerated. That's the highest prison population on the face of the fucking planet. And we call ourselves land of the free, unironically. It's pretty fucking wild to me. I don't know. I say just fucking burn the government down. I don't care. You know what I mean? I, I don't care about any sort of identity politics or any of that shit. Let's just start the fuck over. Because all those problems stem from... Capitol Hill and we got blood to spill. So let's fucking up and at it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to go. I'm trying to. I mean, he's not wrong, right? Uh, barreling up here on an hour. So I want to wrap it up as quickly as I can. This is a news magazine style television footage from the 1970s. Hippies are capable of extremely hard work, even though they tend to approach work as the rest of us do sport. Some of them are very successful. This is the house of a popular local band, which plays hard rock music. They call themselves the Grateful Dead. They live together comfortably in what could be called affluence. There are many other similar houses or apartments in Haight-Ashbury maintained by hippies who work in places where employers do not mind bizarre dress or long hair. Their concept of a new style of life unites them, and that concept is, in most cases, drawn from the drug experience. How great is that? How, how incredible is that? Two more of them wrapping it up. Is this a Tool song? Does a song ever come on and you wonder, is this song by the band Tool? Well, first ask yourself, is it a really long song? Do you find yourself going like, uh, is this two songs? This is starting to feel like three songs now. Is my <laughs> Spotify device malfunctioning? The second thing is, is it creepy? Do I feel vaguely menaced? If it meets both of those criteria, you're probably listening to a Tool song. But seriously, I really like the band Tool. I just don't have the like religious fervor for Tool that a lot of Tool fans have. Tool fans can get kind of like evangelical. Like, have you heard the good word of Maynard James Keenan? Ah, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And the final one here, this is if Incubus was singing you the ABCs. ABC, D-E-F-G-H-I-J-K-L-M-N. O-P-Q-R-S-T-U-P-X-Y-N-Z So good. And so when you're tired of being bored and being treated like a child and dealing with just nonsense on all the traditional social medias, come on over to TikTok. The government ain't spying on you. China's not coming for you. Nobody cares about you or me or anybody else. It is the best social media to waste some time on. Or don't. Hey, what do I care? Love you, mean it. Thanks for being here. Uh, maybe something will jump up and we'll do real substantive uh, content next week. We'll see. Later. Bye.